Welcome to the Living Loved Life. I'm Drew Jarrett, along with Pastor Jim Richter, and today we're going to talk about the story. Finding your story in God's story. You can see how the narrative is just beautiful, but a lot of people don't kind of get how it all fits together. Our goal is that as we hear the story of God's love for us, that we'll constantly see our place in His story of love. In our conversations, we never know where the Holy Spirit might want to lead us, as we struggle together while we discover what it means to live loved by God. Here and at livinglove.life. We get these great stories about characters in the Bible like Ruth that teach us about our place in the story and God's love for us in the story. You are welcome to walk with us and discover as we do what the Spirit may want to show us, maybe for the first time. How do you eat an elephant? Well, one bite at a time, because it's the story of Scripture. It's the whole story of history and salvation history. The story is actually the Scriptures, but it is edited in the sense that it takes very key stories of the Scriptures and lines them up in chronological order and then gives just a really good editorial on that section of Scripture just so that there's no gaps. And the idea is to give people the basic timeline, the basic understanding of the events of Scripture. We have new believers at the Vine, and it's exciting because the story of Scripture, it's all new to them. So they've heard the message of salvation, they've repented and believed, but now we're seeing that bloom as they learn more. Even if they've read through the Scriptures, it's very confusing when people are new to the faith. The first time you read through the Scriptures, it's like, oh, I don't know that I'm ever going to understand this. (laughs) And my encouragement to people is always, it's okay. You know, like, get what you get out of it. The Holy Spirit will feed you what you need. But just take your time and keep at it. And gradually, it'll flower. You'll see more and more, understand more and more, and the Spirit will take you to deeper and deeper places. Just be patient. The scriptures are shallow enough that a little child can play in it with giggles and laughter and get soaking wet. And deep enough that they're like the deepest depth of the ocean that the greatest theological mind can dig into and not get to the depths of it, no matter how wet they get. That's the beauty of scripture. As we grow, the scriptures just become more and more amazing to us. You know, Jesus is amazing. It's really about God. It's about Jesus. It's not just words on a page, but it's about the word made flesh. And as we flesh that out, it becomes richer and fuller. Each Sunday, as I'm reading through these sections, maybe a week before everybody else, the Holy Spirit's really going to be speaking to me about what is going on in the lives of the people at the Vine, the lives of people in general that are God's seekers, seeking help, salvation, hurting. And he's going to speak to me about what's going on in the world and Jesus' church around the world. And I just trust that every week we come together from that section we're reading, he's going to give us just a really relevant message. And often those will be around the life of characters of Scripture. We begin with creation. 
Adam and Eve. We move quickly to Abraham, who God's going to make a promise to that through him all the nations of the world will be blessed. And that, of course, is Jesus. We get some characters from the descendants of Abraham, like Joseph, and all the trials that Joseph faced as his brothers sold him into slavery, he goes to Egypt, you know, why am I here? All of a sudden, there's this great famine, and Joseph is there to receive Abraham's family so that they're sustained and they continue to grow, and the promise of Jesus continues to grow. How God works through our suffering works an amazing plan in our lives. The Exodus, God's people delivered from slavery in Egypt through a, a leader named Moses. Where did the commandments come in? What's a covenant? We're going to get into that. Wandering in the desert, everybody can relate to that. The battle for the promised land, that's life of a follower of Christ. The storyline of scripture, where's Deborah? Who is she? Samson, who is he? Gideon, who is he? How does that fit into the story, the narrative? David and Goliath. We hear that phrase in the vernacular of culture, but what does it mean? Where does it come from? And most people have never really read the story that that actually comes from. So that'll be fun to look at. The kingdom it's hard to understand the kingdom of Jesus unless you understand the kingdom of David. So we'll talk about King David and the other kings of Israel and God's great glorious rule in our lives and then the forever rule that we'll be part of. So you got God's people, the Jews. How does God view other cultures? And how do we who aren't flesh and blood descendants of Abraham, how do we fit into the story? And these great stories about characters in the Bible like Ruth that teach us about our place in the story and God's love for us in the story. So you can see how the narrative is just beautiful, but a lot of people don't kind of get how it all fits together. And our goal is that as we hear the story of God's love for us, that we'll constantly see our place in his story of love. I see oftentimes in the world from different areas, TV, movies, internet, blogs, newscasts, people will reference the Bible or Christianity and they don't know. They'll play it off like, have you ever heard of the story about the one sheep that got lost? Like it's an Aesop's fable or a mother goose. Um, just a story from our past and they use it kind of imperfectly to illustrate half of their point that they're trying to get across. It always irks me because I'm like, oh, they just quoted the Bible and they didn't even know it and they kind of misquoted it. They kind of used it in the wrong way because they don't understand what they're even talking about. And I don't know, it's kind of a veiled subconscious contempt for the Bible because they don't even know what they're talking about. They're using language that they do not know of what they speak. Yeah, I love that you put your finger on that, Drew, because that's absolutely where culture is at. They see the Bible as like a once upon on a time story like it's just a storybook and what we want to do is show people no wait there is history here and it's backed up by archaeology and it's real this really happened like you can look in the bible and see it's real and you can look outside the bible in literature that is not biblical but is historical from ancient times and you can see all these things happened 
If you talk to a psychologist like Dr. Henry Cloud or any psychologist, I mean, if they've done the study, they will know, especially if they're Christian, that the Bible is filled with psychology, good, sound, psychological foundation, because it is literally loaded with how we should act and how we should respond and what makes us think and do certain things. It's all in the Bible. Science is also in the Bible like crazy. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I love when Dr. Cloud does that because he does it in such a great way. And he takes his great learning in the sciences of psychology and psychiatry. And he shows how, hey, this is actually truth that comes out in God's word. And why not? Because God is the author of good science. He's the author of good social sciences, psychological science. He's the author. So why wouldn't it? The more we get familiar with the text of Scripture, the more we get that, the more we understand it. And I think what happens is if you talk to a pastor or a theologian, They think the stuff of Leviticus and God establishing these great festivals, all with deep meaning related to our salvation, they think that's amazing stuff, fun stuff. Exodus, numbers, the numbers of people that were in the desert and the counting of that, they think this is amazing stuff, and it is. But when you're a new believer and you're reading through, you get totally lost in the woods. So the story is just so helpful to get the main storyline for people. And then over time, you have this amazing skeleton that you can continue to flesh out. And you can see more of the bloom of this story of God bringing Jesus to the earth to save sinners so that we could be his friends in a relationship to him forever. That's the goal of the story. A relationship with him, what does that look like? I have recently, and this has been cultivating for and growing for many, many years, probably my entire life, but recently I'm starting to feel like God is, is always with me and he's always hearing my prayers. And I'm starting to walk down the street or talk to myself and pray like this. God, I know that you hear me. I know you're with me right now. You're standing right here as I'm walking down the sidewalk. You're right here. You're hearing me. I don't see you making any changes in my life, so maybe you don't want what I'm praying for, asking for, but maybe you'll do something. Mm -hmm. But I know that you've heard me. I know that you've always heard me. I know that you're hearing me right now, and I want to know from you, you know, what do you think? What do you feel about what I just said? And it's this immediate presence, and I don't always remember to do that, but I do that more often now than I ever have done. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I just like, yeah, that's so cool. And it's growth. Like, just as I hear you, Drew, like, well, he's already there. Because his breath is breathing through you, those prayers. His spirit is what is causing you to call out. See? That's what we don't get. When that's going on inside us, that's God. Because the Bible would say the natural man knows not the things of God. And so he's, he's there. He's even in that cry for some people of, like, if, you're, if you are really, like, show me. He's in that cry. And, you know, not only that, but his hand is upholding all creation. It's in the wind. It's in the green grass. It's in the leaf. It's in the tree. 
his hand is sustaining all that. He is not that. We don't worship trees and grass and wind. We worship him. And he's in all that. He's all around us. Even in the hardest of days, he's all around us. And he's with us. So it's cool when we start to connect with that. And overwhelmingly comforting. Because you know you're not alone. Oh, right. Right. And you're not in charge either. You don't have to be in charge. The buck doesn't have to stop with you. Right. Right. I, I think there's some of these things that are like inexpressible. We're only like a half hour from Lake Michigan on a night that's clear. And if we have the time, Sarah and I love to go over there and just watch the sunset. So part of it is... Yeah, the hues and the blue and the water, and it's all coming together, and we love that. But I think what really draws us there is something more than that. It's what's behind that. And there's something deep within us that we long for God. We long for the one who made all that. There's something that when we're in that spot, you know it, like it it happens, kind of we wish it would happen more. But there are those moments when we're like looking at something like that and our hearts are just drawn into eternity where we will experience this perfect knowledge of God, this perfect, like what you're saying, like, you know, I cry out, I know he's there. Like you're starting to experience that. Well, in heaven, we'll just like know it fully, even as we are fully known. Like we'll know it fully, even as we are fully known. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians 13, the great love chapter at the end of it. Yeah, pretty cool, brother. All right, well, it was great talking to you today, Jim. You too. God bless you. Uh, just relax into his hand and do what you can and get done what you can. Leave the rest. So. <laughs> Thank you. I love you. All right. All right. Love you too. God bless. Bye. Bye. What is God's story all about? What is his story? Is it history? We have purpose in this confusing world. The story of God gives us clear guidance to know Him and the way of life, and offers partnership with Him to accomplish the work He has given us, like a gift, for us to be a part of, with Him. Participate in the story of God. Be encouraged. There is hope. We are not alone. Emmanuel, God is with us, is present and active, speaking into lives, speaking into our life. Just being alive means being loved by Him. Surprise! We are loved! And finally being able to rest in His love for us is definitely worth the investment of ourselves.